Welcome to the Permission to Succeed podcast. This podcast is about learning from and being inspired by people who have been successful because they found what they were passionate about, created something special, and most of all, they gave themselves permission to go and do it. The genesis of this podcast is the inspirational lives of Muhammad Ali and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and their world-changing impact. The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place advisors come to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the Permission to Succeed podcast. We're talking to an up-and-coming next-gen advisor today whose career is rapidly advancing. As you will hear, she's also in the middle of transitioning her firm through a generational shift. Please welcome Danielle Mariano, an advisor at DeFreeze Financial, to the podcast. Thanks for having me today. I really appreciate that. Danielle, you have a very interesting and challenging job right now. You're an advisor as well as a succession plan for your father and potentially another advisor. That's a lot. How is it all coming along? Yeah, honestly, it, it has been a lot. I would say it has definitely been very challenging at times and, you know, exhausting to, to say the least. Um, the past year has really been a whirlwind for a number of reasons. Uh, we started the process of looking for a new broker dealer almost exactly a year ago. And I pretty much took the reins on that, which I'd say was definitely a little overwhelming on top of normal day-to-day work. And then, you know, preparing for and actually transitioning our entire client base and book over was obviously, you know, an entire feat of its own. And with joining Kingswood came this incredible opportunity for me to also become a part of a local advisor succession plan that was with the firm. And that's required me to get some new licenses. So, my late nights filling out transition paperwork were replaced with late nights studying, but I'm super excited for, you know, what's to come. And, and all of this was in the middle of a pandemic and being a first time mom to my now two-year-old. So, so yeah, it's definitely been a lot, but now being through the thick of it and being able to move on towards the bigger picture, I can say overall, it's been very rewarding and I'm certainly you know, still learning a lot. Wow. That is a two years. Most people, when they talk about this, have a few things going on and that's a lot. My (laughs) Let's go back to when you were growing up. Were you drawn to financial services or did it happen later on? Yeah, I would definitely say I actually was not drawn to the industry growing up. Um, My dad's been in the industry for over 40 years. So as long as I've been alive, he's been an advisor, but I was really your stereotypical high school student that had no clue what I wanted to do for a living when I graduated. Um, was it was a straight A student, but had no clue what I was really interested in whatsoever. And, you know, no matter how many times I asked my dad, you know, what he did and asked him what a mutual fund was, it pretty much went in one ear and out the other. So I started college thinking, maybe I wanted to be a teacher or I even thought, you know, maybe I wanted to be a pharmacist at one point. So in taking a mixture of classes, I chose some business and finance classes as electives. And, you know, I was surprised to find 
how much I like them. And it certainly sparked my interest right away. So the summer of my freshman year, um, I wanted to see what my dad really did all day. So I went and basically was an intern to him and his assistant at the time and spent the summer mostly filing, you know, paper files because there was no e-files at the time and learning the difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth and even doing small tasks like that. I really enjoyed learning the business and the more I learned and the more time I spent, you know, working with him, the more I really liked it and really decided this is what I wanted as a career from that point on. So I ended up graduating with a business management and finance degree and went from summers at my dad's office to working with him full time right out of college. So how did you go about learning the business? Just because your father was advising advising clients for so long and you were a finance grad, you still needed to learn the as, the business of asset management. Talk to me about that process and what was the point where you became comfortable with clients' goals and dreams? Yeah, so that was definitely a process and I think it takes a lot of moments out of your comfort zone. Um, And for me, it was a lot because I was always very shy growing up, you know, to feel comfortable sitting down with clients and having their, you know, financial goals in your hands and your advice, you know, dictating their financial futures. So it was a process, but there was definitely a turning point for me. And it probably was about five years or so into working with my dad full time. Um, he up until that point had really only commission been, been commission-based and I knew the industry was going, um, more towards fee-based management. And I really saw the value in that. And after countless conversations with him, trying to essentially get him out of his own comfort zone, um, we did take the leap and I was really the one most involved in getting our advisory platform established and set up and running our portfolios. So my dad saw the value of me, you know, being that integral part to our advisory clients. And it was at that point, my dad and I started more of a partnership relationship rather than me just being his administrative assistant. So um, to answer your question, that that was really the beginning of me working in, in more of an advisor role. And you know, running the advisory business from the ground up, so to speak, has has really forced me out of my comfort zone and forced me to dig deep and learn asset management, but also to take on more of a client-facing role. And, you know, I think dealing with clients is its own craft. And I'd definitely be lying if I said it's not still a work in progress, but it's actually the part I enjoy the most. And it's certainly, I think, the most rewarding part. You were a coach for several years. I would think that ability plays into working with clients in a, in a significant way. Did it? That's actually a great question. And it's funny you ask that because I, I think about it all the time. But but yeah, right out of college, I actually started coaching and running a varsity cheerleading program here locally for one of the biggest high schools here. Um, I was only 23 years old and originally applied for the JV position and got it. And a week later, they called back and asked if I would actually run the varsity program instead. So I went from, you know, nervous to start my first high school coaching position to, you know, completely sweating with anxiety. But 
yeah, said yes and took that leap of faith. So being 23 and running a team of 30, you know, 16, 17 and 18 year olds in a program of like 70 or 80 athletes overall was just completely crazy and was definitely one of the biggest steps out of my comfort zone to this day. Um, I would really say it played a huge part of building up my confidence in all aspects of my life and especially with work. And I'd say, you know, remember dealing with that many middle school and high school students for seven plus years also comes dealing with double the amount of parents. And I think that was just as significant, if not more than dealing with the kids and helping me be, you know, even more successful with clients today. And running an athletic program is honestly like running a business in a lot of ways. And I'll forever be grateful for my time coaching, um, not just for the experience at such a young age, but for also the lessons and the growth I got to, to take with me in my career today. It's not well known that 46% of financial services is comprised of women, but it is well known that only a sliver of that number is female advisors. Do you feel like it's a challenge or an advantage for you? Um, you know, if you would have, if you would have asked me that right out of college, I probably would have said a challenge. I mean, it was impossible not to notice that not only would I, was I always the youngest person in the room at any work events or conferences, but also one of the very few women in, in the room. And that's honestly still the case today. Um, I will say though, that I think I've been very fortunate to have been by my dad's side throughout my career, especially at the beginning. Um, I didn't think I probably didn't have to think about those things as much as other women not in my position, but I will say that over the past couple of years, I've definitely seen being a woman advisor as a huge, huge advantage. Um, it's brought me more opportunities th than I really could have ever imagined. And I think in the future, it's going to continue to be even more so due to the need for women advisors, you know, and what being a woman in general can bring to a conversation. Um, women have different life experiences and dreams and goals than men may have. And there is a need now more than ever for women to be advisors. And, you know, my dad and I are like in a lot of ways, our birthdays are two days apart. And my mom has always said we're two peas in a pod, but he's definitely not the warm and fuzzy type. So I think with being a woman and and certainly now being a mother comes maybe a more nurturing aspect to client relationships. And I will always go the extra mile for clients. And I love feeling like I'm helping them out in whatever ways that might be, but um, it's a great balance. So yeah, I would definitely say now more than ever, I do see being a female advisor as a huge advantage. And I definitely feel fortunate to be one. Fantastic. Let's talk about your firm. As we mentioned, the succession plan, how much is your father still involved and how have the clients been about the eventual transition? Yeah, he's still very much involved. Anyone that knows him knows he's certainly not the type to be able to sit at home. So I wouldn't say he's jumping to retire anytime soon, but I'm definitely trying to encourage him to slowly but surely, you know, slow down at the very least. But 
he always says as long as he can walk, he'll show up for a few hours. But he, he actually spent the last few weeks on vacation. So I think times like these reassure him so he can feel comfortable passing the baton, so to say, whenever he wants. And it's also reassuring to me. And all of our clients have, have always been really receptive. And I think like the idea of a family business, I think actually the transition to Kingswood has really helped shape the conversation and, and given me even more time, you know, talking with our clients one-on-one. So I feel in a better spot than ever for the transition, you know, whenever that may officially be. Let's talk about that transition. Your firm recently sought to make a change in a broker dealer. What were some of the reasons for that? And what was the search process like? Yeah. So our previous firm got bought out and with that came some changes. And then, you know, with COVID came even more changes and my dad was ultimately just unhappy where we were and pretty much put me in charge of, of seeking out options for us. It was honestly a daunting task because, you know, there's a lot out there and a lot of the time you don't know what to believe. And it's hard to wrap your head around all the information you're getting. Also, I didn't have any experience with another firm aside from where we were at. Um, my husband's in the industry as well. So I had some insight from him and obviously from my dad and, and his past experiences. For me, I'm a very detail-oriented person and like to weigh my options very thoroughly before making any decision and especially such a big decision like this. So I really wanted to get like a a true sense of putting us at the firm and seeing that, seeing what that would really look like, Um, not just on a day-to-day basis, but, you know, 10 or 20 years from now. Um, There are way more logistics and various aspects to making sure a new broker dealer is a good fit. And I can really say I learned a lot about the industry and it's helped me be more confident in knowing what we do want in a partner, but even more so I, I quickly, I think I quickly found more what we didn't want. So why did you choose Kingswood? What were some of the tipping points? So anyone in this industry knows that recruitment calls are kind of uh, part of the weekly random calls you expect to get. And even more so after a buyout or some triggering event. So anytime we would get a call to the office, my dad would pass them along to me. So when I first spoke with Kingswood, I was ready for just that, you know, just another call. But honestly, with the very first call I had with Jamie and the team, the conversation was just different. Um, You know, I didn't feel like I was being sold anything. I felt like I was just having a conversation. And I think them having all been advisors themselves at one point truly helped me feel like they understood where we were at. Um, On top of that, they had an opportunity for us that was hard to pass up, you know, to link us with their other local advisor. And they helped us facilitate that in a lot of ways. And I've always got a sense that they are invested in our future and they want us to grow and are willing to help with whatever that means for us. And I I think that's just one of the benefits of them being a smaller broker dealer. I mean, you know, they all hand out their cell phone number without hesitation. I mean, maybe they regret doing so at this point, but I I can get any one of them on the phone whenever we need something. And 
they've really helped customize, you know, customize our practice to what we want it to look like. And we don't have to fit the mold of a big firm. You know, we aren't just a number. And and I think that's, that's what ultimately what brought us here. So what does the future hold for DeFreeze Financial? Where do you want to take the firm? What are your dreams for it? You know, it's funny because I feel like this, this year more than ever, the future of DeFreeze Financial has really been in the forefront of my thoughts. And I always tell my dad, this is what keeps me up at night. And he just laughs at me, but it's true. Um, but yeah, I just want to continue to fill my dad's shoes and you know, run the family business, um, servicing clients and helping them reach their goals and continue to go the extra mile for them always as he has. But I would also like to expand not only with the advisor I'm partnering with, but I have also recruited another local advisor to Kingswood that will be joining next month. So I hope to kind of be Kingswood's Rochester hub for any other local advisors that may want to join the firm as well. So yeah, I I don't know exactly what the future looks like, but after all the opportunities that have come already this past year or so, I am definitely excited to keep building on that and to see what's next for us. What's your advice for young women who might want to become not only in this industry, but more importantly, advisors in this industry? Yeah. You know, my biggest piece of advice really would be to take the risk and to get out of your comfort zone. It may be completely terrifying at first, but each step I promise is, you know, less terrifying than the last. And I promise one day you'll look back and it will all for sure be worth it. Um, You have to be bold and take risks and really put yourself out there and, more than ever, I really think it is important. Young women aren't just drawn to the industry, but they have the courage and the aspirations to take on the role of an advisor. And I think the more young women that are willing to take that leap, you know, we'll all be better for it. And the industry as a whole will really be thankful. Danielle, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Please follow us for all the latest updates on Twitter. LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Jakey Beard, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.